By the way, those things, my pick-a-pay arm rate is still at 275. It's amazing. I mean, it's crazy, I, mean I started dude. that thing at like seven and a half. I tell you, I mean, years ago. the, the funny nuts. thing is, is that loan isn't even available anymore right. in the market. And, and partly because that's the loan that caused a lot of the housing crisis in 2007, 2008. Because it wasn't. But you managed it right. It wasn't understood. The, yes. the people that were getting the loans didn't understand they were even ne potentially negative am negam if they chose that payment a <laughs> yeah yeah they're like oh very attractive payment options. by the way um i'll pick the lowest yeah. one <laughs> yeah it's a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage i have and i can pay eight twelve hmm <laughs> i'll take, I'll that, take one. that one <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, always here up, with dude? the super excited. Look how excited I and energetic this up, guy man. is, Mr. John Jones. Yeah, you know why? It happens to be a Friday afternoon that it, we're shooting this that right we're shooting now. This, that, yes. you know, the relevant and you're about thing to go on vacation. I'm about to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yes, I'm a little excited. Did, did anybody approve your vacation time? Uh, it's on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, I hope if you, you don't mind if you could just give it a check. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, you certainly it's, earned. It's non-refundable. Yes. It's, it's not, you certainly earned an opportunity to take some time off. How long has it been, by the way, since you've had vacation? It's about. A, it's been a year. Has yeah, it been so, a year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, we got away last uh, last July. We were up in the mountains in North Carolina, and that's we're kind of doing a St. Augustine half and half, and yeah. then up to North Carolina in the yeah. second half. Yeah, cool. So we're excited. So the reason I'm digging a little bit deep on that, I'm going to come back to that because you got me thinking about something. The, the whole idea we figured for this show is we would just give some tips and tricks to some LOs based on some things that are going on in the market right yep. now Yep. Um, that can help you with your business. And so we're going to talk about three and then we'll dig a little bit deep on what are some things that you could do as an originator to help you with that. But I think it's it's worth noting the vacation thing. You, know, you said it's been a year since you had taken a vacation. I think for me, I took one a couple of weeks ago. It had been since November of 2019 since I had taken a vacation. Good Lord. And here's what I realized is that I probably need to do that more often um, because I came back pretty refreshed, yeah. full of ideas, a little yeah. bit more fire in my belly than you had before. And, um, you know, hopefully that the same thing happens looking for you. forward to it. Yes. Yeah. So I think, you know, the other thing that happens with that when we take vacation or when we go prolonged periods without taking vacation is that we get to the point where mentally we realize like, dude, I need a break. Right. <laughs> but if you didn't already have something scheduled, you're never going to get there. I well, mean, it that's... might be who knows how, like you're at the point where like I need a break. But if I don't have one scheduled yet and it's four, six, eight weeks or whatever till you can plan something like You've put yourself in a pretty You're bad predicament. Right. So by the way, I'm guilty of doing this. I'm the worst um, probably at doing this. Well, the, the point is you need to plan that out. And so that's something that you're a big calendar guy, but we need to intentionally put that time and block it. If you're going away two or three times a year, you should probably get that done now for the entire next year. Yeah. And yeah. make sure you've blocked it off. Otherwise, you won't go on vacation. And the only reason we're going is because I did that eight weeks ago. Yeah, I got you. to that point and I said, you know, we... we you or your wife? Well, she... You know, yeah, probably my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give Christina some credit there. You responded. But I said, yes, you tell me the time and I'm going to put it on my calendar. And that's what I did. 
All right, man. Good for you. Well, I hope you guys have a good time. Get an opportunity to spend some time with your kids too. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, rest, relax, come back. A little ghost tour, some golf up there at the uh, Golf Hall of Fame. We're going to visit that. So I'm I'm pretty excited. You know, cool. Up there at that Golf Hall of Fame, they have that hole in one that's like the um, one that's in Jacksonville. What's that? The Players Club? Is that the Players Club? TPC. Yep. 17. Yeah. How many balls are you going to hit on that? I need one. Yeah, you only need one. I'm knocking it on, baby. <laughs> I like the confidence. I'm That's the way to go. On. All right. So in all seriousness, you tuned in to hear some tips and tricks from John and I. And so the first thing we're going to talk about a little bit, hey, man, a change in direction of interest rates here. Suddenly. Pretty. Yeah, suddenly. Probably with, caught a lot of folks off guard in yeah. our industry. I mean, um, at the end of last week, they... Um, they Fannie Mae removed the adverse market fee. If yep. if you're not in the business, that what that essentially means is, the 50 basis points adjustment that they made during COVID has been removed. So that immediately impacted lower rates. Yep. And on top of that, the uh, the Fed helped us out on Monday, and you know it snowballed into probably over a hundred basis point swing yep. from Friday to Monday. Yeah. And so let's be clear when we talk basis points, like if there's a consumer watching, 50 uh, basis points isn't a half a percentage in rate. Correct. Um, you know, so like rates didn't go from three and a half to three. <laughs> right. You know, they, right. they might have gone to three and a half, from three and a half to three and three eighths or three and three a quarter. quarter. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't correlate like that. So, yeah, you know, you're talking about some tips and tricks. I'm, I'm going to give one real quick that, you know, some of us may have gotten caught with our pants down a little bit. Yeah. And, and by that, I mean, you're, you, you got because of the adverse market fee and the Fed continuing to buy rates. And I think the third thing, I'm sorry, mortgage-backed securities. And the third thing that's going on right now is, Globally, there are starting to be concerns about COVID reemerging, mm-hmm. which I mean, I know it didn't ever go away, but we're starting to see a lot of cases again um, come right up here and, in Florida. and that could lead to some shutdowns. I mean, dude, I don't know if you saw GM this week came back and said, we're stopping the production of pickup trucks because they don't have all of the parts that they need, um, you know, to to finish them. So because of some of those concerns, what will happen in a global economy is people will take money out of stocks and put them into safe havens like bonds, Mm -hmm. and that helps drive down interest rates for us. So it's kind of been a little of a perfect storm, um, and that coming from a couple of places. But anyways, one of the things that I think where we could have been caught with our pants down is you get a good rate sheet that we don't know how long it will last, and did you have them lined up? Right. And what I mean by lined up is, did you have people who were interested in doing refinances, but maybe for them, it didn't quite yet make sense until we saw a tick down. And now that tick down is here and you just can't physically take the applications fast enough because you didn't have them teed up to begin with. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, you you would have to go back a number of episodes, but that's a a tip that we gave a couple of episodes ago where we talked so, about, so, Hey, I would go ahead ready. and yeah. still be having those conversations and to be ready. Um, one of the things we talked about on that too was, you know, inflation is another thing that's driving interest rates. Now typically in- inflation would be driving inflate rates up, up, right? Which is what we've seen so far this year, by the way, we will come back to that environment when these three things that we just talked about kind of go away. Um, and my point to, um, loan originators then was be ready because all of the loans that you're doing right now are probably going to be refinance opportunities for you down the road. Because at some point, the federal government is going to step in to do things that will slow down inflation. All of the tools that they have in their tool belt to do that will bring interest rates down. Correct. 
right? So that's just something to keep in mind. But, you know, John, what are some of the, like, with this opportunity, if you're one of those LOs who like didn't have it set up where you could just go through some locks and get it done, what are some things that you could be or you should be doing right now to take advantage of this window that we don't know how long we'll have? I mean, hopefully you have a database to start. Um, you know, and I would I would do a search and make sure you you've got all your past clients and interest rates you know available and mm -hmm. start reaching out now, and um, through you know phone calls, text, emails, social media posts, make your consumers make your um, make everybody aware that you know rates have dipped a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know how long they're going to stay here. Mm -hmm. um, they may dip back up, but at some point down the road, we do see we do see rates co coming back down. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that may still be 6, 12, 18 months from now. Mm -hmm. But the point is start planning for that day now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So if you've done a really great job of keeping a database, you could probably sort that by interest rate, right? N knowing what borrowers you have and what their interest rate are and when it would make sense um, for them. But um, I think, too, you mentioned like, hey, let, let get out there on social media, let people know. Because I think that there's a lot of folks out there, John, that um, wanted to refi and they were like the ones that are like, oh, I'm going to wait for it to hit the bottom. Right. And then they missed the bottom. And they're like, dang it. Yeah. I missed out. Well, now's your time. Right. Right. And, so, we, and we've seen that earlier this week. We've had several loan officers that had a great week, you know, pulling the trigger on, yeah. you know, on six, eight, ten clients um, that they had ready when a rate got to the certain point that they needed mm -hmm. to make sense. And they were able to lock them all in. So, I mean, they were ready and prepared where we have others that just didn't see that day coming just just quite so soon and weren't ready and prepared Yeah, and missed no. that opportunity. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, and I think there are a number of borrowers out there who feel like, you know, maybe they missed the bottom. Yeah. Right. I mean, and and, uh, and didn't take advantage and didn't get that refinance done. And now they're probably ready to go. You know, we just need to get them. We need to get it communicated out to the to the masses, hey, this is an opportunity right now. Here's the reasons why. John and I, by the way, just gave you the reasons. So if you're looking for a way to communicate to your borrowers why they should refinance now and why I mean, look, rates look have at what they did, we at, just gave you the look reasons Look at home why. appreciation over the last year. Statistically, we're up 22%, and I know that's skewed a little bit um, because the higher-end sale prices have been, you mm -hmm. know, 150 200% above average, and the lower, uh, you know, is, is kind of depressed a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. But you know, you've got a lot of equity in the home in 12 months. In, in most cases, enough to remove PMI or MIP. Yep. Um, you know, if you if you qualify for that, so that's going to save you money there. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, yeah. a a great chance to see if it makes sense. Yeah. I guess that's the message that we always want the consumer to you know get is does it make sense? Is it going to you know is it benefiting me? Yeah. All right, so here's the other thing, I, dude, I came across recently. I was looking at some forecasting based on when we start a file and to when it closes, right? So back in 2020, we were running about 35 days from the time that a loan officer first talked to a borrower about a refinance to it actually closing. Today, we're up to 60 days, okay? That's over, I think, three or four months. I don't remember exactly what time period I used, but here's what I always believe numbers tell a story, right? And here's my hypothesis. My hypothesis of why it went from 30 to 60 is because there was a frenzy because of low rates. And like your neighbors coming to you and telling you, oh, I locked in at this. I got this. Mm -hmm. I got that. Well, for those folks who waited, now they're like, hmm, 
I don't know if I want to move forward with this, right? And so right. they're spending a little bit more time Thinking. contemplating whether they actually want to do the refinance or not. Whereas back in t- late 2020, they were just like, get me locked and close me as quickly as I can. That's my hypothesis. So again, to that point, if there was a lot of people who were on the fence that you've talked to recently, you need to get on the phone with them right away. Let them know we got a good rate sheet and let's get that thing rocking. Yeah. In addition to that, there are a couple million homeowners that entered forbearance 15, 16 months ago yep. that missed the entire wave of seeing these low rates. That is true um, you know, too, they're, man. They're, you know, when they, you know, their their rates essentially are mm-hmm. probably at four and a half to five percent, maybe five and a quarter. Yeah. Um, and you know, now that forbearance is due to end here at the end of July. Yeah. Knock on wood. Well, we'll um, see. You know, so as they exit out, there are pl- there are strategies to take in place to to uh, yeah make make sure you're eligible to refinance yeah. the home. You know, I saw a statistic, and I'm going to get this somewhat wrong, but. You know, we're down to something like only three and a half percent of homeowners in the country are in forbearance. I don't know what it was at the at the height. I should have looked that up before we got on, but um, it was like eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. It, it was considerably higher. Right. And you know, I think we were all kind of expecting something to come out of forbearance that I don't know that we're well. First of all, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to see the long term effects of that. Right. Right. But I think we were kind of hoping would that lead to inventory. And I don't know that we're seeing that it is. Most people now, they're, they're out of forbearance, but they're on some sort of repayment plan. Mm-hmm. Um, those repayment plans, I think that's where it's going to take a while for us to see the long-term effects of forbearance. Because some people probably, t- oh, I'm just going to tack it onto the principal or, you know, they, you know, the lender took out a second, you know, which essentially gets rid of a significant amount of equity mm-hmm. based on how, how many payments they were behind. But a lot of people didn't make a mortgage payment for 16 months. Right. Um, you know, that's a long time. So there's there's a lot of factors going on there that I think what we were hoping we would immediately see out of forbearance was maybe some inventory hitting the market. And we're not going to see that and because we're not of gonna. appreciation of yeah, homes and uh, the agreed. equity that's yep. in the homes. Uh, agreed. And so now it's, hey, what are the long-term effects um, of those like those folks based on the repayment plans that they have? So maybe instead of, you know, forbearance coming to an end and people are like within 30 or 60 days putting their home on the market, maybe they're going to try to see how long they can hang on to that new payment or whatever. I don't I don't know. There's a lot of unknown. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's you you know, you can definitely take advantage of the lower rate by refinancing once you do Mm -hmm. exit forbearance. Um, you know, I would recommend that, you know, there's still plenty of equity. And in most cases, you're going to qualify for a refinance, even if you've deferred the payments and added essentially what you alluded to a second mortgage, there's still going to be enough equity for you to qualify to refinance the property. And all you have to do is exit the forbearance with the existing lender, make three monthly on-time payments, and you're eligible. And I wouldn't wait if you once you exit, I would immediately start that process and be ready to close yeah. in in that third month. Man, you're right, dude. I there there is some opportunity there because you're right. Those folks did not get an opportunity to take More advantage. For five. Yeah, correct. I you mean, know, if they you, did if not you look, a... let's just take October of nineteen. Rates were over five percent, five to five and a quarter. Yeah, and, and we really didn't think they were going to come down, and then. The pandemic just completely drove them down and people that went into forbearance yeah. they missed out that opportunity dude you're the man like think about how smart you're going to be after a week's vacation oh man i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i hope to come back and rates are at two <laughs> 
So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what you can do for refinance. And on the purchase side, you know, you if you're in forbearance, you can immediately purchase immediately yeah, make yeah. another purchase right right yep. so whether you want to be way. a move up buyer or a move down yep. buyer or whatever that is a sideways buyer but yeah and, and back to your point if you're going to refinance you're in forbearance you can also bring that back amount current. due current and mm -hmm. qualify to refinance without waiting the three months yeah if you choose that um i'm not sure you need to do that um unless you're trying to keep your principal loan where sure. it, where it's at yeah sure sure you know, I, um, you know, kind of changing subjects here a little bit. Um, we see we're going to talk to you about three things. We've talked a little bit about the rate rate changes, yep. right? We've seen a dip in rate changes. We've shared with you a little bit about forbearance and what are some of the opportunities out there for you to get some business um, from anybody who might be in forbearance. And, hey, by the way, here's the, the thing I would throw out. Hey, are you in forbearance? Let me share with you how to get out. Something yep. along those lines, right? Just ask the question. Or are you in forbearance? Do you have questions? I have answers. Th those are the types of things that you just need to communicate, you know, either through social media, through text messages, phone calls, whatever it might be, if you want to try to create some of those opportunities for you. But Yeah, and, and, and I just, <laughs> good point, earlier this week I had somebody call me up and the lender, when they were exiting forbearance, the option presented was you need to bring this current. Um, if you don't bring a current, the lender said, we can't refinance you for 12 months. So every servicer's treating it a little bit different. different yeah, sure. um, so I need, you need to really know that you don't necessarily have to bring a current. The second caller that I had this week on this, they tried to modify the loan where they increased the payments from the back due over a 12-month period. Ooh. So if essentially, let's say they, their normal payment's 2000 you make that. Plus, you missed, let's say, 12 months of payments, mm -hmm. right? We got to recollect mm -hmm. that over a shorter period of time. And um, don't get tricked. I guess don't get, if you can afford it, go for it because you'll get rid of that second mortgage quickly and have the equity. But if you can't quite afford that, don't put yourself in a bad situation where, you know, you may be in trouble and lose your home down the road. Yeah. You know, yeah, don't, no, no, don't need, just agree yeah, to no, say yeah. I can I can pay three thousand when you one hundred percent. You've no, got that's options. That's going to be a stretch. Yep, you've got options. Yeah. So the third thing we wanted to talk about is <clears throat> we saw an increased amount of calls this week for folks who had their mortgage payment go up, and so I think we need to slow down here and give some clarity real quick, right? Because you're more, especially on a fixed rate mortgage, your payment just can't go up. Stays right? the same. <clears throat> your principal and your interest is fixed. Where it could fluctuate is based off the balance of your escrow account. Your escrow accounts are in place to pay your taxes and your insurances annually when they're due. So to give the easy math, let's say that your homeowner's insurance is $1,200 a year. If you're escrowing that, that is an additional $100 per month. On, your P on top of your principal and interest per month. So that when the insurance comes due, boom, the money is there, the lender pays it. What we're seeing is escrow accounts coming up short, and for a couple of reasons. Yeah, significant. Right, significant. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the first one, let's talk about that. Like, I just had a rate hike on my homeowner's insurance. By the way, it was about a third of what I was paying. It went up a third, 33%. David told us. That, yeah, well, and here you go. So we'll give David, <laughs> David Carruthers a plug. If you go back and you look at our YouTube channel or on Spotify, um, we did an interview with David Carruthers Probably about three months ago, right about three spring. months ago. You can search it. Just search for David Carruthers um, as part of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. And uh, and he warned us of this. Yeah. 
Right. And he told us to be expecting some pretty significant changes where homeowners insurance was concerned, specifically in the state of Florida. Right. We talked about all those free roofs. They ain't so free no more, are they? So um, I, mine went up a third. Yours went up almost double, I thought. So you the shared. quote that I, yeah, the quote that I, that I had had back from the same insurance company that was double. So my, it was going from 3,500 up to 6,900. And I was, that's exactly my, I said, <laughs> we need to list this house. <laughs> that's it. We're out of here. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure it's worth 6,900. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But well, yeah. where you're at, you also have flood. So um, anyways, what happens in an instance where like this, where John and I are talking about our homeowner's insurance, the cost increased, I escrow. Okay. So for me, I now have a shortage, right? So if the bill was twelve hundred dollars, but let's now let's say it goes to twenty four hundred. Let's say it goes to twenty four hundred to easy math. Thank yep. you. Yeah. So I'm if it's twelve hundred dollars, I was paying a hundred dollars a month, you know, into the escrow yes. for that. But now the bill's twenty four hundred. Well, my escrow only has twelve hundred in it. So there's a twelve hundred dollar shortage since Stop the, right there. Okay, boom. So okay. You're short $1,200. If you were not escrowing, you'd be writing a check that week to your insurance company <laughs> yes. for $2,400. The options you're going to get from your lender, your existing servicer, you're going to have a couple of options. You can you can go ahead and send in the additional $1,200. Correct. They will then pay the $2,400, and then they're going to adjust the escrow just by $100 to go mm-hmm. to $200. So you then have enough money at the end of the year to pay the twenty. So in that case, your payment went up an extra hundred dollars a month. Right. Let's be clear. Okay. Okay. Plan B is the lender is going to say if you can't give us the twelve hundred, we're going to have to increase by one hundred because we're a hundred behind plus a hundred to make up for to have enough for the yep. following year. So you you've got a now big your increase. payment went up. $200. So you go from uh-huh. 100 to 300, which is, you know, a significant, significant. change. Yep. Yep. And we're seeing, we've seen quite a bit of that. Yeah. Now it might not be a hundred percent, but as David alluded at 25 to 50% increases on homeowners insurance in yep. Florida, in Florida, yep. we were going to see that. And that's what we're starting to see on renewals. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's happened is a number of loan officers are getting calls because of the changes to the es- the escrow, right? For the short yep. the escrow shortage for homeowners yep. insurance. And and from the consumer's perspective, like this isn't the lender's fault. It's not the loan officer's fault. And it's unfortunately nobody's fault other than the the cost of your homeowner's insurance went up. And um so to John's point, you know, like you could we could we'll, the lender will go ahead and pre- and pay it anyway. Even Correct. though you don't have enough money in your escrow account it's an to cover it, loan. it's an interest-free loan. It's just mm-hmm. that your payment is going to go up. Right. You know that one. And then example we gave a hundred. It gives or a little bit of a sticker shock to yes. You know people. Yeah, of folks course. On a budget, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. You, just, you know, yeah, absolutely. None absolutely. of us like to see that increase. No. Um, the other reason that you could see that is because of the change in the taxes, the real estate taxes for a property, um, and I think what you're seeing is one significant increase in values, right? So if you bought the house in 2020 and it was reassessed because of the purchase, you know, the the taxes that were set away to escrow were based on the taxes at the time before you purchased the house, not after the purchase of the house. And since we've seen such a huge increase in values, you're seeing some pretty significant increases too. 
in um yeah and if you if you happen to be a first-time home buyer here in florida without a homestead exemption yes you know that's that's the big bang that you get you know and in many cases let's just use myself um uh, my taxes let's say they're five thousand i've been on the property 20 years if somebody if i sell to somebody they're going to go to about fifteen thousand. so mm -hmm. it's it's a it's an eye-opener mm -hmm. um you know and and in Florida, we're fortunate we've had homestead for the past 20 plus years where our property tax bill can't go up by more than 3%, yep. even though the value went up, let's say, 20% yeah. this past year. So we're protected and it's transferable. But if you're a first-time buyer or new to the state, mm -hmm. you've got to recognize that and, and, and or understand what it's Or if you're buying a second gonna... home or investment property. Yeah. There's no, well, yeah, I mean, there's there's no, no It's cap. only on a primary residence. Right. There's no protection. Yeah, I'm seeing of... a lot of that as well on my rental properties. Oh, that's probably it's, true. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's a little bit eye-opening. I understand it, but I do escrow for the rentals and I am getting hit with that same significant shortage. Well, it's a good thing you got one of those pick a payment option arms. Yes, several. That's all I. That's, that's all I have, Brian. <laughs> You're one of like maybe. Hey, and by the way, those things. My pick a pay arm rate is still at two seven five. It's amazing. I mean, it's crazy. I, mean, I started dude. that thing at like seven and a half. I say twenty I mean, years ago. The, the funny nuts. thing is, is that loan isn't even available anymore, right? In the market, and and partly because that's the loan that caused a lot of the housing crisis in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Because it wasn't. But you managed it right. It wasn't understood. The, yes. the people that were getting the loans didn't understand they were even ne potentially negative am neg am if they chose that payment a <laughs> yeah yeah they're like oh very attractive I got payment options. by the way um i'll pick the lowest yeah. one <laughs> yeah it's a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage i have and i can pay eight twelve hmm <laughs> i'll take, I'll take that, that one, one. <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah well that worked out pretty well for you it's done well yeah yeah pretty well for you dude anything else we want to chat about uh, no, I, th I mean, I think we got it covered. I think we, I think we do. So dude, listen, I hope you have a good time on vacation. What, what, when this video comes out, you will be actually on vacation. This is awesome. Yes. You will I actually will be, be in on Highlands, vacation. North Carolina, enjoying myself yeah. in 70 degree weather. Dude, you deserve it, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. You deserve it. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. If you like what you see, don't forget to like, subscribe and share. On behalf of John Jones, I'm Brian Lovell, and we want you to know if there's anything that we can do to help you in your business, we're always here to serve you.